Welcome to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast, where non-diet nutrition, weight-inclusive care, and integrative health collide. We're your hosts, Dana Montes and Christina Hoyt, licensed integrative clinical nutritionists and body image coaches. And we believe you deserve to have a joyful relationship with food in your body, even if you have a chronic health condition or symptoms that just won't quit. On this show, together and with our guests, we're bringing the real talk, no BS5, with tangible tools to help you pursue health and wellness without obsession or restriction. Remember our disclaimer, this podcast is meant for general information purposes only and should not be taken as a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Okay, friends, like we promised last week, we are back again for a part two to last week's episode where we are digging into your body image questions. So in today's episode, we're going to be tackling your questions about how to reconcile wanting to change your body or lose weight and intuitive eating. So if you are someone who is currently on or considering an intuitive eating or non-diet journey to improve your relationship with food, but you still haven't lost the desire to lose weight, this is going to be the episode for you. We're talking about the discomfort of gaining weight, how to reframe and work through new body changes and expectations, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. We're also talking about how it can feel a little bit weird and sometimes exclusionary or how you don't belong to the non-diet or the intuitive eating movement or like you're failing at recovering or improving your relationship with food if you do have the desire to lose weight or if you ever have the desire to go on another diet again. And we're going to be digging really deep into that. So without any further ado, let's dive right in. So I started my IE journey a year ago, intuitive eating journey, and I was, it has taught me so much and I really want it to be lifelong. I have grown into making my decisions with food and exercise that make me feel best and I'm so happy to have arrived at this place. However, I still haven't lost the desire to lose weight. I gained X pounds when I started IE and I knew I had metabolic damage from staying in calorie deficits for so long. I also now realize the weight I was before intuitive eating was was fine, and there was actually really no reason to get smaller. I do have some thyroid and adrenal issues that need to be addressed, and I am going to an integrative medicine doctor soon. I'm getting married, and I'm struggling with the idea of being at this weight for my wedding. I have read articles about how weddings are not about your body, and while I resonate that with that, I still can't change how I feel. I'm interested in macro counting for the purpose of reverse dieting, but I'm feeling a lot of shame with these thoughts. After surrounding myself with the intuitive eating community, I feel as though having these thoughts means that I hate my body when that's not entirely the case. Um, I have learned to love myself at this weight despite it being not exactly what I want, and I have enjoyed events and clothing for my current size, which I have never been able to do in the past. However, I still feel this is due to the hope that my body will change again and go back to being the more athletic looking that I used to be. I wish I had never started dieting, but now I have shame and wanting to macro count to get to a more comfortable place. I'm wondering what you think about this. Thank you. Oh, thank you for your question. So many. Um, yeah, so many pieces. This person did not actually have a first name on Instagram, but thank you for sending this. Um, there are a lot of different things that we want to pick apart in this question. And I'm trying to decide where I want to start. But I think the the first thing that I would ask this person is, what do you 
think that your body tells other people about you. Because this is really, really telling about where our mindset is currently about our own body image and our own assumptions about bodies and weight and health and everything like that. Because, and I know this is a loaded question, like, (laughs) you know, you could write a whole book about this and the answer to this will change based on where you are in your body neutrality journey, right? And so one of the things that I want to touch on first is there's kind of this notion that is um, very easy to pick up on on in the, um, I would say more the anti-diet community rather than the intuitive eating community. Um, But a lot of people start to feel like if I still have the desire to lose weight or if I have the desire, even a fleeting desire to go back to something like calorie counting, macro counting, dieting, elimination diet because I'm not 100% satisfied with my body, I'm failing at the anti-diet thing. I'm failing at the intuitive eating thing. And what we want to say immediately is you are not failing at this, right? First of all, there's no way to fail at this. All all of this is your own personal journey, right? There's There's no failing at this. We're just trying and falling and just trying to get back up again at the end of the day, right? And one, of course, you still haven't lost the desire to lose weight because society hasn't changed. And two, we really understand why you would feel like you're failing if you feel and when you feel like, oh, I just want to go back to macro counting or like I still want to lose weight because some people in the anti-diet body positivity community have given off the message that, oh, well, um, For example, I once talked with a practitioner who said, I won't ever work with anyone if they still want to lose weight. It's like, okay, so we're just ignoring people who need some help. Great. Let's make this very exclusive. What are we doing? You know, so it makes a lot of sense that both of those exist and both of those thoughts and desires are still coming up, right? Because again, society hasn't changed. So of course you haven't lost the desire to lose weight because most people, when we come into this field and when you start to become more interested in the non-diet approach to things, it's because you're sick and tired of hating your body and you're sick and tired of food controlling your life. But that doesn't mean you've automatically gotten rid of the urge and the desire to lose weight because you're still receiving messages that it will be easier to walk through the world in a smaller body. You will be more praised for your appearance. You will be less likely to be discriminated against and also treated poorly in the medical system as it exists. And there are very real advantages to being in a smaller body. So of course you still want to lose weight because you probably still associate being in a smaller body with being more attractive, which is where the wedding piece comes in. And it's your most photographed day as someone who's had a wedding and all the different things. There's so much, even when you're doing a lot of this work to have that desire. I remember myself included, I, I, um, I was already on this journey and I remember thinking, well, maybe I should do an elimination protocol for, for my thigh. <laughs> for my thyroid. And then I remember, I think I was talking to Dana one day, one day I was kind of sitting on the phone with her and be like, what the hell am I doing? This was totally to lose weight. I don't feel like there's any reason to be doing this. And so I immediately stopped. I was like, this is nonsense. Like, 
so much of it. So the pressure is really there. Like the entire wedding experience is so much around like what you look like and everyone's going to be looking at you and all those different pieces. So it completely makes sense that there's going to be this part of you that feels like I can't change how I feel about it, you know? Um, and so I, I just want to point that out too. I also think as Dana kind of mentioned also is there is this narrative a little bit in, um, in some spaces and in intuitive eating, especially when you're in recovery, if you did have an eating disorder, that if you're not cool with your weight loss, then you're not recovered. And, um, and to me, like, and that you like hate your body. And to me, that's so short sighted. Um, because it really does kind of put you up against yourself and against like a larger culture that you then have to be like only a part of this major counterculture <laughs> in like in a large way too. And you can live in both places. And just because you want to lose weight doesn't mean that you hate your body or that being in recovery and being in, in an intuitive eater means that you have to love your body all the time. There can be equally toxic positivity the same way that body hate is also really toxic too. Which is why Dana and I feel like the most important place to be is to be more neutral towards your body. And I think the way to, to work through some of those things and the desires to want to do something like reverse macro, like reverse dieting through macro counting, which I'm sure Dana will talk about because that sounds like some gym shit that I've never, heard, <laughs> I've never learned before. <laughs> like that seems like gym culture. Um, but to me, I feel like one of the things that I want you to kind of remember as well is that just because you're having the thoughts doesn't mean that we have to hook onto them, attach to them, and then act on them. And to me, that's the true recovery. The true recovery is the thoughts are going to come up. Things are going to happen. That happens to me too. I have thoughts of that. I have thoughts of wanting to do that. But the difference is you, you, when you're in recovery and when you're in this place of being like, okay, I'm not going to engage in that anymore, you become more neutral to it. You say, oh, okay, this thought's coming up. It's not going to spiral into a big shitstorm that it normally used to do. And then I would do some crazy restrictive protocol as a result of it or do something instead. Instead, it's us acknowledging, okay, yeah, I'm feeling this way today. Why might I be feeling this way today? I have a lot coming up. There's a lot of stress around a wedding, all the different pieces. And when I've been stressed in the past, what did I do? I went to controlling behaviors. It's really nice to have something that I can count and feel supported on and feel like I'm doing something about what everything surrounding the wedding or the stressful event in my life feels over, like feels consuming and overwhelming. And I don't have control over a lot of those things. And so we like to, in our history, if we think about it, we like to then put that stress, that external stress and try to control something. And we love to control our bodies. So it makes a lot of sense that you would have be having these types of feelings coming up right now. So I want to really normalize that for you. And it's okay that you still have this deep desire that your body will change again. I can't name any client of mine that's gone through recovery that doesn't have that hope that their body will change too. And that says more about what the aesthetics are in our culture, how it makes us feel more safe, how it makes us feel more quote unquote attractive and lovable and fitting in and all of the different pieces of all of that stuff, which is why the first thing that Dana said in her question is what do you think your body tells other people about you is really the heart here. Because 
what does that say? What does being more athletic looking mean to you? What does that say to where you fit into the world? What does that mean? And let's not let that, what other people might think or what society has told us that it means, take away that recovery that you've had. Take away your intuitive eating journey and put you back into that place that you've worked so hard to get out of. I want to talk about that aspect of control a little bit more because this is something that I talk about frequently with my clients is the spoiler here is when we're doing all of these things in an attempt to control something because we feel out of control about whatever it is, outside circumstances, our symptoms, you know, whatever, because these unrealistic and toxic societal um, expectations and beauty standards exist, what we're really trying to control when we're using food and exercise and other things to control our body size is we're trying to control the outcome of what other people think about us. And we're trying to plan for the fact that we assume, and to be fair, a lot of people are, um, we assume other people are judging our bodies the same way that we judge our bodies. And it's really an us thing, not a them thing. A lot of the time, there are very judgmental people out there, which is one of the reasons that we may start have have started in the beginning to engage in these behaviors because we didn't want to experience that kind of treatment or those kind of comments ever again, right? But at the end of the day, we cannot control what other people think of us. We think that we can because we think, oh, if I lose weight for the wedding or, oh, if I, you know, do this, people think, oh my God, she looks so good. Oh my God, I could never do that. Oh my God, I could never. And we want that validation because, you know, we've been working really hard to do this or we've been very disciplined or, you know, all the buzzwords and everything. But at the end of the day, you can't change other people's biases. They are growing up in the same culture that we are and people are exposed to it in different ways based on how they move through the world. And you can't control what other people think of you. So the best thing that we can do is to learn to dissociate from what other people think of us as much as possible by changing the way that we think about those different biases and stuff. If you walk down the aisle that day, no matter what your body size, if you are confident and you are radiating that confidence or neutrality, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. Somebody makes an ignorant, fat phobic comment or something, it's like, ooh, that says more about that person than it says about you, you know? So that's another layer to this. And then another thing that I want to dive into here is, you know, you mentioned the weight that I was at before intuitive eating was fine and there was no reason to get smaller. One of the terms that we use to describe this kind of mindset is conditional body neutrality or conditional body acceptance. And then there's also kind of this grief aspect as well because it's like, why did I ever start dieting in the first place? I was fine before. But what that may also say is, God, I'm not okay with how I am now. I wish I could have just been, you know, what I was before. But there's no guarantee that whether you did diet or whether you did intuitive eating that your body right now would be exactly the same as it was then because you were in a totally different season of your life, you know? So one of the things that we work through frequently with our clients and in our body image course and all of this stuff is 
learning to be more neutral around your body wherever it is, which is entirely different from I love my body 100% of the time, which is completely unrealistic. And if anybody is actually going around and, going around and saying that, they're probably lying. <laughs> so that's something to think about too, right? The goal that we're going for here is never body, 100% body positivity, 100% of the time. I love everything about my body and whatever. You might feel that sometimes, specifically when you're in your ovulation phase, of, you know, if you're of menstruating age, it's like, ooh, I'm feeling good about myself. I'm feeling myself today. But are you seriously going to tell me that a couple of days before you get your period and when you get your period, you're going to be feeling 100%? I don't think so. And it's not realistic to think that you would be. I love that you brought up the conditional um, body freedom too, because one of the things that I, I've talked recently with some clients of mine with um, – eating disorders of if you could recover and stay the same weight that you are, what would your answer be? And it's a resounding, well, yeah. And I think that's the whole point is we got into this because of body control behaviors, right? So just because we're undoing the behaviors itself doesn't mean that the original desire to lose weight naturally just goes away. That also takes a lot of time and a lot of understanding and a lot of deep diving too of, yeah, you may have been you you quote like you said my body before was fine it was a size that you were comfortable with that's what made it fine right and so now you're at a size where you're not as comfortable with it and that's something new to navigate that's a whole nother layer of neutrality and acceptance for your body and that's hard it's a new phase it is a new phase and it is really hard and one very honest question that you can ask yourself to see like where am I on the spectrum of body neutrality is what if this is the size that your body was meant to be? And the reason I ask this is because I've asked a couple of clients this and I've got very different answers, but one of the ones that I got was immediately no. I was like, okay, so there's no judgment here. It's just this is where, this is an assessment of where we are. And it's like, okay, so if your answer is immediately no, Let's go into that. Why is the answer immediately no? What are the different things that we're still hanging on to that we think being in a smaller body would give us that we can't have right now in the body that we're in? What makes your body more athletic looking being smaller than it is right now? What does being athletic mean? What does that look like to you? What kind of narrative have you attached to that? And I think that's another thing that would be really interesting for you to dive deeper into too is what am I attaching to that? Why does that necessarily mean smaller than I am currently? So yeah. Speaking of gym stuff and athletics, let's go into this reverse oh, gonna, dieting thing. Yeah, the macro um, counting. Educate us. So up. a little bit of a primer, right? Um, if you don't know what reverse dieting is, lucky you. <laughs> because then you probably <laughs> haven't been in the macro counting world. Um, so what she said was, I'm interested in macro counting for the purpose of reverse dieting, but I'm feeling a lot of shame with these thoughts. So first, let's acknowledge, again, going back to the fact that there is an underlying current of shame if you ever feel like I want to go back to macro counting or I ever I want to go back to, you know, something, a restrictive behavior that I was doing before. 
but I'm in this, you know, non-diet, intuitive eating, anti-diet space. There definitely is a judgment from a lot of people in that space, whether they're saying it or overtly or not, that like, um, if you want, if you have thoughts of wanting to go back to these things, you're not fully in our community. You can't fully belong, right? So let's acknowledge that first. Now, going back to like what reverse dieting actually is to give some context for people. So people who have been... Um, calorie counting, macro counting, and in a phase of pretty severe restriction, we would say, for a long time, we know that at, that is a metabolically, metabolically deficient adapted state, right? Your metabolism will downregulate to the rate of the energy that you are giving it every single day. Because your body's goal at the end of the day is to keep you alive. And so if we have to slow down the cruise control in order to maintain that, yeah, a lot of things are going to be deficient. You may have lost weight doing that. But the problem is, again, the body is an adaptation machine. So it's like, oh, bet. Um, you want to be here? We're kind of sick of this. We've been doing this for too long. So now we're going to start gaining some weight because we're afraid that if we're here for too long, we're not going to have enough energy stored up to keep doing the things that we need to do, I don't know, to live to continue to exist, right? Basic organ function. Organ function, like basic organ function, energy, I don't know, the things we all care about. Um, so reverse dieting is a very controlled way that some macro coaches um, and personal trainers will try to take people out of that metabolic adaptation process of being restricted for so long by micromanaging their food in a different way where you are slowly and systematically increasing your um, macro or calorie allotment. Oh man, they thought of everything. In my opinion, <laughs> it is still severely under eating. At least we are starting to eat more food. But it's still micromanaging your food and it's still micromanaging your weight. And I don't care what you say, macro coaches, that is still a form of restriction. Okay. So... I would understand why you would feel a lot of shame with these thoughts because it is a lot of, again, micromanaging your food and restrictions. So you're like, oh my God, am I a part of the non-diet community if I'm doing this, right? Which you may feel like, no. But so we know that if, if you truly want to continue to move towards body acceptance and body neutrality, this is not going to be the way to go. And it's harder to stay the course of where we are in the body neutrality journey, right? By not going back to something like that, right? Because it feels like we're giving up that aspect of control that I mentioned before, right? We feel like we're giving up the possibility of being able to control other people's opinions and thoughts and things that they say about us. So of course you feel a little untethered <laughs> because we're, we basically feel like the word that people use is I'm letting myself go, mm -hmm. which is said in a very negative light. And that is the worst thing that you would possibly want to hear on your wedding day or any other day for that mm -hmm. matter, but especially on your wedding day, right? When the focus is on you. I mean, sure, there's a groom up there or there's your significant other up there or your partner. But it's usually on the person wearing the dress. <laughs> whoever that may be. Yeah.
Yeah. You know, I, um, as someone who's never heard of reverse macro counting before, like that's not a field that I'm at all like, like an, an area that I'm all like lucky all you in. I don't, I don't know anything about it. Um, I never was exposed to macro counting, you know, like I wasn't a gym person, but I will say for someone who, and this is where I want to just acknowledge this for them, but as someone who's heavily educated on metabolic adaptation, I get the allure of why that would be so enticing to someone coming out of that, right? Because it feels like what Dana was describing, a very systematic approach to undoing something, but they're still saying, but don't worry, we're not going to make you gain weight. So it's like hitting both of those places for you that would be like naturally so enticing for someone to want to do if they're coming out of dieting and knowing that. And so to me, that's what makes it so unbelievably dangerous and toxic and just so many ick factors because it is still highly restrictive. It still is putting weight above everything else and all of the different things. So to me, um, I just want to acknowledge that. Like I get why that would be very alluring. Um, and why it would sound like, oh, so maybe this would be really helpful because it sounds very scientific, it's thoughtful, like all the different pieces, right? Like it sounds, it, it checks the boxes for like, oh, this sounds safe, <laughs> right? But then as you like, you listen to Dana and she digs beneath the surface a little bit, you realize, oh, no, 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 this is not, <laughs> this is not so safe for me. So I just want to acknowledge that too, is that I, I understand and it's okay to, um, to have those, to have that desire and to want to go there. And also at the same time, choosing to not attach to it and not engage in it is also really beneficial and long-term going to give you more of what you're looking for long-term than anything else. I also want to draw attention to something What I was talking to one of my clients the other day about this. If you ever have worked with a macro coach before and, and, or you've worked with another practitioner at the same time for a different purpose, say, symptom management or getting blood work done or you know whatever it is it's nearly impossible to work on body image stuff but true body neutrality and food neutrality if you continue to engage in any way whether it's through social media or following people or you have a macro coach yourself um, who are talking about these kinds of messages because when you look at the intent behind any, you have to look at the intent behind any practitioner's recommendations to see how is it matching with your current goal. So what I was saying to this person is if you continue to engage with this macro coach, their goal is to get you to lose weight or to manage your weight because that's what you went to them for, right? So it there's, I don't want to say that there's nothing wrong with that because I don't agree with it, but they're doing the job that you hired them for, right? So they're not doing anything inherently wrong. If you go to a macro coach and you're like, I want to lose weight, they're like, okay, here is the tool that I have for you. Here you go, you know? And they check in with you to make sure you're adhering to your exact same number of calories every single day because in their view, the body is a simple math equation. Calories in, calories out. We know it's a lot more complicated than that and that's why it doesn't work. But if that's what you go to them with, that's what they're going to give you. And that is very, very confusing and conflicting if you're trying to work on body neutrality. In my opinion, it's a backslide, right? It's not that we're going, again, to start at square one. It's just that it's not going to help you pass go and collect $200 when you're trying to work your way around the body neutrality monopoly board. 
Also, I could <laughs> rant for 17 hours about macro coaches. So let's not go there today because this episode will yeah, never end. <laughs> this episode will never end. So should we go on to the next question? Yeah. Um, okay. So the next question is, I'm wondering if you can help me with a reframe. I know that I am not fat, so when those thoughts come up, I'm usually able to reframe them in some way. But the more common thought is, I have gained weight, which is a fact. Everything I have absorbed and told myself up until this point says that gaining weight is bad. Even if it is not, in fact, quote, bad, it is, in fact, something that I do not want to do. To add to that, the physical discomfort of having the extra weight on my body, as well as the personal displeasure of my new larger appearance it becomes very overwhelming and discouraging. Without restriction to resort to, the current circumstances are bleak and almost seem like they're leading to more overeating, knowing that I can't do anything to lose the weight. So why not? So I want to give a little bit of context to this conversation um, because it reads very differently depending on the person's uh, lived experience, right? So let's say for the purpose of, of this conversation, um, that there's this person is a conventionally smaller person, right? And they had been, it sounds like they have been trying to work on a more non-diet approach and similar to the previous questions that we've talked about. We have been gaining weight because we are no longer actively restricting and we are uncomfortable with that. So they're looking for a reframe of how do I stop telling me, myself these really toxic negative things? And how can I reframe this that gaining weight is not bad? Yeah. There's layers. I think a lot of this is answered in the previous question too. Like there's a lot that this person can get from the responses from the previous conversation too around the nuance of building in that new body neutrality piece I think is really important too. I think also a question that I want to ask is, what do you mean by extra? Um, And so why have we coined this term for when our body feels different or letting go of restrictive tendencies and patterns? So like we have like this new quote unquote extra weight on your body. Like what does that exactly mean? Like, um, and why really what we're trying to say, I think here is my body feels different now that I'm letting go of restrictive tendencies and these types of patterns as well. And that I'm, and this is difficult for me to navigate because it's different. It's a different body. One of the things that, um, when I really love this, I saw this on Ashley Bennett, the body image therapist Instagram account, where she talks about the, this discomfort with your new body as your as like your body might be changing at different points. And one of the ways that she describes it, which I really encourage you to go look for it on her Instagram. We'll link um, it. Or maybe do one of her. Yeah, we'll link it. We'll try to find it and link it. I know it's like I have it saved somewhere. But she describes it as like kind of like a body map and that we have like a body map and there's discomfort when we're building a new body map. So our body, the way that she describes it is how we orient ourselves in the world. We know that our hips are this wide so we can navigate not hitting our hips on the table when we're walking by. We know how to navigate certain things. We know how to navigate a store. We know how to navigate certain types of stuff. And that brings us comfort. It makes our body feel safe. And so when our body is changing, there's natural discomfort because we don't really know how to navigate our, our new body 
in the world that we live in because we no longer have the previous map. And so one of the things that she describes that I really like is that it's not so much that the body is the problem, it's that we're actually rebuilding a new body map. And so we have to learn that's where there's like this, this discomfort or this like, I don't really know how to like manage moving through this world with this new body is that we're actually rebuilding a new body map. And once you start to rebuild your new body map, then you don't feel as as uncomfortable, right? And I think one of the things too is um, things that can happen too as part of the body map thing is am I still trying to put myself into clothes that no longer fit me and that's making me physically uncomfortable every day? It's time to get new clothes, right? It's time to no longer be uncomfortable and lean into how can I be comfortable, physically comfortable, like physically comfortable in the bodies that in the in the clothing that I'm wearing on this current body as it is right now. And that helps us move more easily in rebuilding that new body map, if you will. But I think it's a kind of a thought process here, especially um, for someone who is feeling that uncomfortableness or even like, I don't really know how to navigate through this. And it, even though I know that um, maybe because I am in a thinner body, I shouldn't be feeling this way. It's probably... There's a lot to that word fat that we can get that we'll dive into. But I think one of the things here is you're also rebuilding a new body map. And that is inherently uncomfortable. I want to drop a bomb here. (laughs) Drop a bomb. A body that has gained weight for whatever reason is not a problem to be fixed. Oh my gosh, yes. And especially a body that has gained weight because we are working to get rid of former disordered eating or dieting or eating disorder behaviors is not a problem that needs to be fixed. That is working towards health, right? Getting away from obsessive and controlling thoughts and behaviors about your body and food is not a problem to be fixed. The problem was the previous stuff, right? In the sense that maybe those behaviors made you feel like you had more control, but it's an artificial fake control. To use a clinical example, it's like hormonal birth control. That's not a real cycle. They're artificial hormones. That's not to say that it's bad, right? Not to get into the whole you know clinical implications of hormonal birth control and everything, but just as an example, that's not a real quote unquote period. You know, it is hormones that you're putting in your body to induce a certain hormonal state, right? So again, going back to the fact of reading more into the question, you don't need to, fixing quote unquote your body is not going to fix your body image. It's not going to fix your confidence, right? If you look at the common marketing of like, oh, if you want to feel better, just lose weight, you know, just do all this stuff. If you buy into that, if you continue to buy into that, of course you're going to believe that. Because again, all of the societal standards that are around us make us think a smaller body will make it easier for me to move through the world and all of these other things, right? So the real thing that we need to work on here is why do I think being fat is bad? Why do I think gaining weight is bad? Why do I have all of these very negative associations with gaining any kind of weight or holding quote unquote extra weight on my body, which is really just your body changing to where it wants to be into a non-restricted state. 
And then we, again, ask ourselves the question, what if this is where my body is meant to be? And if the answer is immediately no, or that makes me feel really uncomfortable, that just gives us a roadmap of where we need to work on next. And let me tell you, the roadmap is not going to lead to go back to weight loss because you haven't actually fixed any problem there. Yeah, and I think also, too, one of the things that's interesting in this question also is around how they're feeling like the current circumstances are bleak and almost leading them to more eating be like interesting eating behaviors too, is that they're kind of in this thing, well, I can't lose weight anyway, so why not? It's still to me, there's still a lot of um, a tug of war kind of happening between eating and body control still happening. And so the more that we can get to why is the why am I why do I have to tell myself I'm not fat? And what does fat mean? Why do I have to tell myself I've gained weight instead as if that's as um, as a better way of reframing it? And then two, what do we, like Dana's saying, what do we believe about that? Why do we believe that this is where it is? What are the, what are the stories that we've been told? What are the narratives that we have around body size that are making us feel that this is bleak, that this isn't okay? And that we should just kind of have this relationship with food now of, okay, well, fine, then then screw it. You know, I'm just going to, um, you know, we can also get into leading to overeating. Why do you think you're overeating? Or you think you're overeating because you're gaining we weight? We have a whole episode on <laughs> you're that. You're gaining weight, which we have a whole episode on that too. But there's also a lot of layers in there too around what does it mean to overeat? You know, are you actually overeating or are you just finally eating enough that's sufficient for you? And you've gained weight as a result of finally eating enough that your body requires, that your body is changing, and that makes you ticked off, (laughs) you know? Understandably, for a lot of the layers we've talked about and a lot of the questions leading up to this, society, things like that. And if this person is a conventionally smaller, petite person, there's a lot of um, conversations about being known as that person, a lot of, of clout that comes with that and being considered that person. And what does that mean? Now that you're maybe changing that identity that maybe you've had for a long time, that can also lead to a lot of discomfort and overwhelm and feel kind of like, well, now where do I land in the world? And trying to navigate that too. And I think that's a really complicated place to be. And I'm assuming that they are um, because they said, I know I'm not fat. So, and I think by fat, what they mean by is conventionally in a larger body. And so that's where that's kind of coming. Like that's where that thought pattern is kind of coming from. But I think it's really important to, to look at it from that perspective of what do I believe about this? Why do I feel like this is so overwhelming and discouraging and using the term bleak? And why is that now in informing the way that I'm interacting with food because the other way was also the same like so if I can't restrict if I can't control my body size well then I might as well and I think that's equally not the place where we want to end up (laughs) someday either you know the level of body neutrality that we can work on and body acceptance that we can work on too is going to lead us to being able to have a more reciprocal relationship with food and a more happy place to land with food rather than thinking of, well, I'm depressed about how my body looks and so I'm going to engage in these behaviors because these behaviors are no longer available to me. Yeah. 
And here's another question too. If you find yourself in this situation, which many people do, think about what are the things that I actually deep down want in life and why do I think that being at my current body size or a larger body size than I used to be is going to prevent me from getting those things that I want. Mm-hmm. And this really, we have talked about this a lot before and I'll see if I can link the episodes where we've talked about this, but this really goes back to a conversation that we have a lot of the time about values versus rules and how when we have a value, for example, we talk about a lot of value of health, if we have the belief that health equals a smaller body size, to uphold that value of health, we make rules in order to attain that smaller body size in order to attain health. And specifically, usually, those rules that we are making are around restricting our food and increasing our exercise because no matter how many times we update the science, the recommendation you will get when you go to the doctor to lose weight is to eat less and exercise more. And again, we are back to the body as a simple math equation when it is so much more complicated than that. I think another thing that I want everyone for each one of these questions, I think it leads into it really, really nicely too. that fits for everybody, not just this last one, but for every single question up to this point, because they are so body image focused, is why are we putting so much of ourselves into our outward appearance to begin with? You know, why do we feel like uh, if we don't look a certain way, then our body is not good enough or that our circumstances are bleak or we're not going to be beautiful on our wedding day or that we are overweight or therefore unhealthy? Why do we put so much of ourselves into our outward appearance? And that's where I'll recommend everyone read More Than a Body (laughs) by Lindsay Kite and uh, Lexi Kite because I really do think... There are so many narratives that are in there around around why we have to look a certain way and be a certain way that are deeply rooted, right? Like so I'm not finding I'm not finding fault with anybody for this or saying that you're superficial or anything like that in any way shape or form. It's more of a of a like a general question of why do we put so much of ourselves into our outward appearance and why do we make it feel like our whole world is collapsing if their body doesn't look a certain way and i think you know there's so many layers to that one we know that culturally we can move more safely throughout the world and we have less discrimination and who wants to be discriminated against and have weight stigma against and have health health um stigma against um for having a larger body of course, right? That makes sense. And for people in a larger body, it's radically unfair. Like it's not cool. And we need to do the work we can to reverse that so that they feel safer here too. And for the people who are so scared of getting bigger, I think that's a really important question to ask yourself. Why is it so bad? And how have we been historically treating people in larger bodies from literally from the medical all the way down culturally every single day down to having room on the bus to sit down? Like, why why are we so scared? Because of all of that, right? So I think Dana mentioned something earlier that I felt like was kind of like brief that I think needs to be like the main <laughs> the main takeaway is the more you can understand why you don't want to be that way and understand why, how messed up that is, 
the more you're going to be able to become more neutral towards yourself and therefore therefore others. Because that's really where the work comes from. What do I think body size says about other people? Says a lot about why I'm so freaking scared to get there. Or judgmental of yourself. Or judgmental of yourself, exactly. And so there's the work, right? We have to undo that shit in order for ourselves to feel a little bit more body neutral. The more that you can look at someone else and say, oh my God, that I cannot believe that I have been taught this or think this way or have this thought pattern. How can I undo that? Look to that. Understand that. How did that happen? Why is that not fair? And then why do I take it, take it out of my own personal body? Because I don't want to end up there either. Because it's unsafe. Because it's ostracized and it's not cool. So I think that's a really interesting kind of point that Dana made that was like, again, it was brief, but I really feel like it needed to be like, boom, this is the major, the major takeaway. The reason why you're so scared and you feel like your circumstances are bleak is because of ways that other people are treated in a body size that's unconventional. And it's scary AF because you don't want to be that way either, right? Like that's ultimately, and I'm not talking about this one particular person. It's the theme of, of body image as a whole. And they just put it in such a beautiful way of saying, my circumstances feel bleak. Because of that, that's why it feels bleak. And, you know, we talk a lot about how the general culture of all of this makes it feel unsafe and not makes it feel unsafe, makes it unsafe to be in a larger body and in any kind of marginalized body. But that doesn't change from the top, right? It has to be more of a grassroots movement. And I think I can say that, former working in <laughs> community organizing, is everybody has to do their own work and then decide how they want to engage with that in the world. And if one thing you take away from this podcast is to be less judgmental of yourself and less judgmental of other people, if more people could do that, this culture would be less of an issue. And eventually we would be able to get it to change. Now, we can't do that with one podcast and you can't do that with one individual, right? So we really hope that the, these episodes are an invitation with a bunch of different avenues for you to think, oh my gosh, I really resonate with that. Where do I go next? You know, and I hope that we have given you a lot of options with that. And this is an invitation to send us more questions, right? We love doing these episodes, right? We love deep diving on this stuff. Because again, if you have a question about this, I guarantee you with no amount of uncertainty, other people are also experiencing this and also have a very similar question, if not the exact same one as you. Yeah, absolutely. So and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of thoughts in response to the responses that we put on the, <laughs> for these questions. So feel free to bring it um, and hang in there, guys. I know it feels kind of complicated and it's multi-layered and it feels like this really long, endless journey. Um, but at the end, there's a really great place to land where you feel really um, content with yourself and feel free with food. And ultimately, that's what we want for all of you. And if you want more resources on this we're going to link a bunch of stuff in the show notes other episodes that we've done um, other books that we recommend on this or audiobooks if you like listening to that and then also the body image audit highly recommend yeah. obviously because we created it and we think it's great <laughs> we might be slightly biased towards it <laughs> all right so okay. send us your questions instagram we are wholehearted eating pod 
on Instagram. Woo woo, go follow us. Um, Or you can always send us an email. Hello at wholeheartedeating.com. All spelled out. No dashes, no spaces spaces or anything like that. Spaces. Spaces. (laughs) We've been talking for a while, guys. All right. It's time to sign off. See you on the flip side. (laughs) (laughs) You go, Glenn Coco. What was that? You go, Glenn Coco. Or for you, Glenn Coco. And none for Gretchen here. You couldn't not finish the entire scene. (laughs) This is why I put bloopers at the end of each episode. Hey, friends. It's Dana. And thanks for listening to the Wholehearted Eating Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your family and friends. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you can, we would absolutely love it if you left a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. This helps spread the word so more people can find the show and learn how to break out of diet culture, the body image spiral, and find a more peaceful relationship with food in their bodies with wholehearted eating. If you're interested in learning more about how you can work with me or Christina for one-on-one nutrition counseling or checking out our self-paced courses, head over to wholeheartedeating.com. And we'll see you again here next week.